While many dentists get out of dental school and jump right into work, others end up years into a practice and feel like they're chained to their chair or spinning their wheels. At Duckett Lad, we've discovered that there are six phases of long-term practice success. On this podcast, we'll explore each phase of success and help you on your growth journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Dental Momentum Podcast, powered by Duckett Ladd Dental CPAs and Advisors. Jared Duckett, back at you with my business partner, Bill Ladd. Bill, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing really well, my friend. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm, uh, I'm excited about this episode, man. We were, we were talking before we got on here and um, going to dive into a topic that is, I mean, it's so important for everybody, but me and you both, I guess, have experienced this. And you know, I'll, I'll just say it. I mean, it's, it's kind of the topic of burnout, right? I mean, I'll ask you this, Bill. Business owners, right? Me and you, you ever been burnt out before? Oh, man, a lot. And, you know, I was thinking about this as we were kind of preparing for this. And, and I'd love to hear Laura's take, but it seems like it can take a lot of different, it can manifest itself in a lot of different ways. And I'll never forget, one thing I love to say is before we formed Duckett Lad and kind of became reinvigorated, I was actually more passionate about my golf game than I was about my people, my you know team, the, the my clients, any of that stuff. I was out there and you were joining me halftime, Jerry, you know, hitting the driving range before or after. I mean, in looking back, I was just, burned out and disinterested. And, and so, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it, it, it could happen to anybody, no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, let's dive in. As you can see, guys, our guest today is Dr. Laura Brenner with Lola B's career coaching and also has an awesome Facebook group out there, dentist side gigs, but Laura, appreciate you joining us on the podcast. Thanks guys so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. I mean, you know, I met you up in Philly. What was it, Laura? A couple couple of months ago, give or take, and just started, you know, talking to you at the beginning, hearing about your story, saw your story, saw you present. And really what I want to do today is just kind of at the beginning, let's just kind of unpack your journey here, you know, for a little bit, going back, to, let's say the beginning, that could be dental school, what have you, but let's start unpacking that and then uh, kind of walk through and see what we got. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go even farther than dental school, but I won't go too far because I don't, I know we've got a, a time restriction. <laughs> so um, yeah, going, getting into dentistry, I, I knew I liked people and I wanted to work with people. I wanted to help them. And dentistry seemed like the perfect way to do that and create a life that would kind of check off all the boxes and, and give me freedom and respect and, and allow me to, to, you know, really feel fulfilled and dental school was great. I really liked dental school. And my first few years of practice out of dental school were, were, were good. I, I knew that it was going to be new. I knew that I was going to have to go through some uncomfortable times, but I always had hope that once I pushed through the, the hard times that it would get better. And then three years in, I became so burned out and so miserable. I hated my work. I hated everything about it. I wanted to look for other career options. And, and in fact, I did that at, at three years in, um, you know, I was worried all the time, worried about getting sued, worried about getting in trouble, patients getting mad at me. And I just, it was a big burden to carry. So I remember going and inviting my dental, uh, I was an associate and inviting out the dental supply rep to lunch 
And I said to him, Hey, you know, I like, I don't want to do this anymore. Do you like what you do? Are you hiring? Could I do what you do? And he talked me out of it because he was like, no, you would, you, you know, you can't do this. You're too educated. You have too much, you know, too, like, like I'm too good for that, which is nonsense. And this is three years in, right? Three years in. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, because we really like, we're, you know, we're every, every role in this community is important. And so, you know, we get stuck in this thinking that if I'm, if I have my dental degree, that's all I can do is practice clinical dentistry in private yeah. practice. So that really, um, it, it was very encouraging and he meant well, but it, it really did silence me. And it kept me thinking like, okay, well, I can't do anything else within dentistry. What else could I do? And so I just stayed stuck and I continued practicing for seven more years. Mm. Uh, probably 80% of that time feeling really miserable. Um, for me, it was, it was the, the probably more the clinical stuff. Um, I was good at the clinical stuff, but I put a lot of pressure on myself to be perfect. So mm. my days were not fun and, and managing patients was very stressful for me because I was carrying too much of the weight of the world on my shoulders, trying to make everything perfect. So, so how early, yeah. just, just real quick, how early on did you start feeling symptoms, if you will, of being burnt out? I mean, what, you know, three years in, you had the conversation with the, with the rep. When did you start? Did it come all at once? Did you gradually great just question. get more and more or how'd that look? That is a great question. Um, so I didn't really... Like at first things, I expected dentistry to be hard. You know, like this is such a hard field. The work that we're doing is challenging and it, it, it's a lot of pressure. So I expected it. So I always had hope those first few years. And then in dental school, you have someone always kind of who's got your back. So you don't really deal with a lot of that pressure. It really was three years in. And at the time that was in 2004, and nobody was talking about burnout, not in any of the industries, I think, like, let alone in, in the dental profession, nobody was talking about burnout. So I didn't know what it was. And it really, it, what it looked like was I was just annoyed with patients all the time, mm. no matter what they would do, except for the few that are awesome and that are, are so fun to be around and make your job easy. Um, and actually I say the few, that's the majority of patients. But when there's 10% of them that are causing problems and challenges, and that's what you focus on. Yeah. Um, yeah. They were just taking over my whole day. They were taking over my whole life really. And um, so that's a big sign of burnout that I know now that I didn't know at the time is that when you stop having empathy for the people you're serving, and they become annoying to you and you can't connect with them, then that's, to me, that was the biggest sign of burnout. It's like, I just found them to be a pain in the butt, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> which is what I do. I get honest. Um, <laughs> well, let, let, me, let, me ask, yeah. let, let me ask you a question here real quick. So what's really intriguing to me is, were, were you an associate the entire time of the 10 years that, that you felt this frustration? Paint a picture of, of, I, and you're nodding your head for those those listening. T tell me, paint a picture of what what this looked like with your 
with the, the the owning doctor? How did did I mean did this manifest itself in any ways where there were conversations or dialogues or or was it just kind of swept under the rug? Well, I love this question too because I had over the ten I was in practice for ten years. Over the ten years, I had three different associateships. The first mm-hmm. one was very fast paced. I mean, we took over 150 different insurances, wow. insurance plans. And so it was, I, I, I didn't have time to do the thing that all dentists say is the most important part, which is building relationships. So I didn't have that time. So that was when I was most afraid of getting sued because I couldn't build the relationships. And I just hit it really well. No one knew because I just put on, I was a a good faker. I just put on this big smile and I took care of everyone else and I did my best work and I just gritted my way through it. So none of my employers knew. My first job was, like I said, very fast paced. And then I went to actually the guy who worked for the supply company got me my second job with this beautiful new practice that was only, you know, took no insurance. It was private practice. And I thought, okay, this is going to be it. Like, this is the dream. This is what everyone tells you is, is what you should go for. And when I got there, I ended up barely paying my bills. I mean, there were months I had to ask my husband to help cover my car payment because the, the practice wasn't busy enough. And I was very naive. I had come from a practice that had so many, such an overflow of patients that I thought, oh, this will be easy. You know, I'll just go in, the patients will come. And I didn't know that, that I was going to have to build the practice alongside my boss and really wasn't expecting that. So, so that really, it, it went from one extreme to another where I was super duper busy to then having really nothing going on. And there were days when if I had one crown prep on the schedule, that was my only appointment all day. If they canceled, I'd go into the bathroom and cry because <laughs> I what, was it worse when you became what was the burnout worse when you became less busy? Oh, that's a good another good one. Um, no, I think it was just it wasn't in my heart, you know, no matter where I was. And, and I think it's a good path for people to try is to do different things and try different styles of practice and if you aren't able to sort it out with you know then I would say also being really intentional and deliberate about working on what's going on with you so you can respond differently to the stress if you're trying different scenarios and trying to change yourself and it's not working then oftentimes that's a sign that you know it's not working out you know, like maybe dentistry isn't right for you. Um, Mm -hmm. even though it's right for so many of us, it's not right for all of us. So yeah, I, you know, back to that question, I just was really good at faking it. No one knew I had, by the time I got to my third job, you know, I went down to the Panky Institute and spent four or five continuums down there trying to save my career. And so I just was put, put on a really good show. And, and by the time I was in that third practice, which was very much another private practice, which was a good compromise between the two, um, the very slow and the very fast, uh, and it still just wasn't working out. And, mm. you know, a lot of it was maybe not the most ideal jobs, 
but I also take full responsibility that it was also, it was me. It was very much me and how I felt about the work that I was doing every day. So, so can dive into that a little bit deeper. When you say it was you, what, what do you mean by that? I think that my, I don't want to say my personality, but the way I saw the world, the way I saw events that happened, just my perspective basically was not the healthiest because I felt like I needed to be the savior. I needed to be the hero to everyone around. So with patience, I had to make sure all their work turned out perfectly because if something happened to one tooth, that was a catastrophe in my eyes. So because of that viewpoint, I was a people pleaser. I was a perfectionist and I just put too much pressure on myself when there are so many things in this profession, in this field that we can't control. And I felt like I needed to control those. And I really believe that was the source of my burnout was that expectation. And I think if we can let go of some of that, which is a lot of work, but possible, that's where we can free ourselves up to, to not take things so seriously. I've talked to dentists who have um, felt that way. And then I, I, I'll never forget this because the way he phrased it was so interesting to me. It's like, he's, this guy was like, yeah, I used to worry all the time. And then I realized I could just throw the tooth in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought, all right, well, that's pretty cool. I don't know that I would feel okay with that. But at some point, like we, it will help all of us if we can do our best, but also remember like, okay, so we just throw the tooth in the trash. It's a funny image. Um. So, I mean, 10 years is, I'm going to say a long time to, to do a trade and be, and be burnt out. You mentioned, you know, you, you, you faked it, right? when you were there at the practice that, that you weren't burnt out, how did it look like outside the practice? How did it look like at four o'clock, five o'clock when you left? I mean, were you just extremely miserable the whole time outside? Yes. It affected my entire life. I saw everything in my life through this lens, this lens of doing this work and being a dentist and, and, and being someone that I didn't feel like I really was. And so, you know, I would lose sleep at night, which is another sign of burnout. I'd have insomnia worrying about what happened that day and what was going to happen tomorrow. I would spend, I, I would spend vacations. I'd go, I, one year I thought I'm going to take a week long vacation four times a year. So every three months I had a week long beach trip and I thought, okay, I don't know if I can afford this financially. Okay. We're getting into your area here. There you go. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I can numbers. afford this. What's that, Bill? I said, we'll crunch those numbers. We'll see, right? <laughs> yes. I, but I, I remember thinking, I don't know if I can afford this, but I'm going to, let's just do it. It'll be great. And it worked. I was able to afford it, but I would spend all of my time counting. Like the minute I would get on my vacation, I would start the countdown of how many days I had left before I had to return to my life that I hated. Yeah. And that's no way to live your life. No, yeah, so and I think that's, I really appreciate you bringing that in because it does feel that dentistry brings a lot of people who have the tendencies towards that perfectionism. Um, let me ask you this, Laura, looking back with 
coaching or mentoring or, or having somebody, maybe your, your only doctor to talk to about this? I mean, do you feel that that is something you could have worked through or, or is that just so ingrained it would have been tough to do so? You guys ask great questions over and over. Oh, you just keep. It's a great story. Yeah. Well, thank you. I've asked myself that question. I've wondered. I did work with a career coach, but she didn't understand dentistry. Mm. And so I think she was awesome. I'm, I loved my work with her. We, we worked on certain stuff that was very helpful. Like we, I worked on some cognitive things with perfectionism and telling myself, you know, if I was stuck in a moment of being perfect, that I didn't have to be perfect. And that would try to, you know, in the moment that would make my coping a little bit better, but I think there are dynamics that happen as a, as any sort of healthcare provider, really the dynamics are such that like she, I remember she was telling me that I should just, if I could just be of service, if I could just be of service to others, then everything would be great and I'd be happy and I'd find that fulfillment. But I think there's a dynamic in dentistry that we are the ultimate caretakers. So many of us, like we're coming in and we're putting our heart and soul into being of service. So if you're already giving all that you can of yourself and someone tells you to give more, it's like, no, 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 no. You know, there's no way you can. Mm -hmm. And so I, I did work on things. And at the time I, I didn't understand this dynamic of, wait a minute, I'm already being of service. And the problem isn't of how much I'm giving to others. It's actually how much I'm giving to myself. And, and so I think I didn't have the, I had a great coach, but I didn't have that. The nuances were missing of, of what happens for healthcare professionals, but okay. Really, when I think about would it have helped, probably not. I think that when I left practice, I never regret, I never really missed it. I never mm-hmm. missed it. You know, the work and I get fulfilled like the things that I liked were talking to people and talking to patients and I can get that fulfillment from other things. I don't need that from being the dentist. So for me personally, I think I was just in the wrong, not the wrong field, but the wrong role. Mm -hmm. I think being the role of dentist, at least clinically, I mean, I, I love being able to say I'm a dentist. It's so cool, but really the day-to-day work of that was not me. And so I, I tend to see that for other people too. Like if you have the right guidance and you're working on your stress management and you're working on how you see the world and it's not effective, you're, you still find yourself feeling the same way, then maybe it is the career. So I want to go back. I'm going to get inside your head a little bit back here from, from years three through 10, when you had that, that conversation with your your supplier rep and you told him, Hey, can you help me find something else? And then you go another seven years working and being extremely burnt out. I mean, what's going inside your head and then what gets you to the point at year 10 to make a transition? I mean, what, what are you kind of wrestling with there and and what are you thinking through? Yeah. Well, we invest so much into getting here that we can't imagine what else we would do Um, we also can't imagine what else we could do. And, you know, we get so 
comfortable in this role, this identity of I am my work, whatever your work is, that we, and especially with dentistry, we get a lot of praise. This is a very noble career. We're helping people, we're doing great things, you know, we're responsible. I mean, it just gives us everything on paper that, um, you know, if you, if you, when you get all of that, you just settle in and you're like, okay, mm -hmm. I've arrived. I'm done. I've, I have all I need. I don't need to explore other things in my life. So there's this push pull of like, I've arrived, I'm here. I've invested so much. I have to maintain this. And at the same time, it's like, wait a minute, this is breaking, this is tearing me up really. Like it's breaking me down and I can't do it. And, and you might have two weeks of saying, this is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. I can't do another day of it. And then two weeks later, you justify it and you're like, well, it's okay. You know, I don't have to be doing work all the time. Maybe I could work fewer days a week. I mean, you just come up with excuses over and over and over that keep you there because it's much scarier to imagine yourself changing. If, if, if ultimately career change is what you want or even changing your job. I mean, I stayed in these jobs for so long. I stayed in these jobs for three, four years that I knew they weren't working out. So it doesn't have to be total career change, but even whatever circumstance we're staying in where we don't grow, we don't push ourselves so many times that's dictated by the fear of, of what else, what else will I do? What else will I be? Oh, that, that's so well said. That's kind of that resistance you hear about, you know, that it's just so hard and it feels like in the dentistry profession, that resistance could be a lot of things. And you've touched on a lot of them. I mean, it could be that sunk cost fallacy that I've got so much invested. It could be the status. Sometimes it's money, you know, sometimes it's expectations. There's, there's just so many things that, that could be that that baggage that hold people back. As you've kind of moved into this new phase, Laura, do you see, is this really prevalent? How, how often do you come across as people that have those same kind of feelings and are, are kind of working through the same uh, uh, mental exercises as you went through? More than you think. Yeah. I think it's more than we realize is going on in dentistry. And because we invest so much to get here, it's hard for people to really admit it. And because we're perfectionists by nature, um, we, we don't want to, we want to be perfectionists in our work. And we also want everyone else in the world to see what a great job we're doing with our lives. So people don't, it, it, it is a little bit, I, I sometimes joke, it is like living in the closet and, and people eventually come out of the closet and admit that they are burnt out or yeah. They don't like it. You know, they're two very different, but similar things and experiences. So I think my world is a little skewed because I'm hearing from the people who are burnt out. I wish that we had some really accurate studies because I think that there's probably some good data out there that would show, I mean, I would guess that it's well, I don't even want to guess because I don't even know, but it's a lot more than you think. Yeah, I was are, curious what you're going to say. What percentage? Yeah, I know. I was going to say maybe like maybe 50%. Yeah. But again, my ver my vision of it is skewed because I'm talking like sure. everybody who reaches out to me <laughs> yeah. is unhappy in their career on some level. And sometimes it's people who are a year in to practice yeah. and they have 
500, $600,000 in loans and they are stuck. They have, they just have to work through it. Um, and so we can do some things to help make it a little bit better for, you know, the day-to-day -day and the stress levels. And, and by all means, it's so worth investing in yourself to work through that burnout. But the, the myth is that you have to be old and tired to be burnt out, but actually you can get burnt out. There are studies that show that medical students have a really high rate of burnout, just students. So it can happen at any time. And if we can really get help for it, then hopefully you don't end up, everybody end up like me, which worked out for me, but doesn't work for everyone. Well, so hit on that just a little bit. So you go 10 years, you transition out of clinical dentistry. Where did you, did you immediately transition into coaching or where did you transition to? Sort of. Okay. So I had no idea what to do. I didn't think I had any interests. I didn't think I had any skills that comes with that idea of like, Oh, I've arrived. I don't need to invest in myself anymore. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to diversify who I am. Um, so I started blogging and that really opened my world to, to see that there were other things out there and, and opportunities and, and different ways of seeing the world. And I became, started to, I, I started to kind of play with different things. I remember my husband and I were brewing gluten-free beer in our basement <laughs> to just try to come up with something. Now he's very happy in his job, but it was for me, like, maybe we could invent something cool that doesn't exist yet. Really? You know, so Shark I mean, Tank, right? <laughs> yeah, I love that show. By yeah, the way. Oh, me so too. Much, right. Like such creative, creative yeah. and so, so, so much creativity and opportunities. But um, yeah, so it was just kind of playing. I, I had to play. And then I was getting interested in nutrition. So I, I ended up for my dental CE every year, I'd go to the nutritional, I'd either go to nutritional or personal development talks at the convention for my CE. And eventually this program found me that I was able to start a weight loss coaching business. And that I call, I call that my bridge career. So like I said, for me, I really needed to get out of clinical practice. And with that bridge career, it was like, I knew it wasn't going to be my forever, but I knew it would be the, the thing that I needed to at least break free from feeling so trapped. So I left dentistry completely and started doing weight loss coaching. I'm, I still do a little bit of that. I, I've done it for 10 years. And then um, I started blogging and one day I saw a blog post. I don't know if I told you this when we spoke, Jared, but one day I saw so. a blog post titled 10 reasons I hate the dentist. And I was like, okay, fine. Here's 10 reasons your dentist probably hates you too. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> right. <So> there. Right. <laughs> and yeah. And it went viral that night. Yeah. Like literally I posted it that day overnight. It went viral which told me that there were mm. other people feeling this way and people just want to be heard and seen and know that, you know, we're having, as dentists, we're having to always put on that happy face and, yeah. and sometimes we're having a bad day too. And it doesn't matter. We always have to take care of everyone else. So I wrote this blog post and it went viral. And then I ended up realizing that there were other people who needed just to, some help designing their lives. This is really all about like life and career design. 
whether you want to stay in dentistry full-time two days a week or, or leave clinical altogether and, you know, do, do non-clinical work or leave dentistry altogether. Um, it's this idea that we can design whatever we want. Like it's your one shot. And so that's what I, it took me six years of blog. I started, so when that, when my post went viral, I started blogging about my dental career and I started attracting a very small niche following of dentists and hygienists, all, all dental professionals really, who were not loving their careers. And it took me six more years to say, okay, I'm ready to help others do what I was able to do. I needed, I felt like I needed to prove my own success first, that I wasn't just a quitter. Oh, I, I no one could quit dentistry, <laughs> but what can you do next? Right. I had to prove yeah. that to myself. So, so what you do that, now, what you do now with the Lillabies, uh, you know, career consult or coaching is you're working one-on-one with dental professionals on this exact topic, kind of coaching them through, you know, are they still in most of the time still in the profession clinically? Most of the time they are. Yes. I do one-on-one work with mostly dentists and hygienists and um it's helping them design it however they want that's the beauty of this of this career is like we have so much flexibility that most other fields don't offer um but i also do a group coaching program that's called start your side gig Hmm. so it's actually because that is really the way is to not just, I mean, we've invested so much in getting here. And if you're really burnt out, you know, you, you can invest more in your career. You can take a new course or you can buy the new fancy equipment or machine, you know, Sarek or something. I don't even know the terms anymore. It's been 10 years since I've been in practice. So all <laughs> the technology changed, right? is so different. I remember all the feelings, but not all the technology. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like on the one hand, if you're feeling burnt out, you can invest more and more in your career and that's going to revive the spark. Um, but it ends up not always sticking, you know, like it'll work for a little while and then you get burnt out again. Uh, or the other approach is to, you know, we don't want to, so we don't necessarily want to, if we're burnt out, dive more into it and invest more into it. We don't also want to throw everything away. So the best way to do it is to, design your career and start a side gig that gives you something else on the side that gives you that freedom and that flexibility and that who knows what that's going to open for you at least if nothing else it's going to give you more you'll have more fun mm-hmm. so Lord, let me ask you a real quick question because you you alluded to it earlier in the conversation you kind of said it again and, and i'm just curious when you're talking to people and maybe you can filter us through your experience how do people know whether they're truly burned out, burned out, I think, as you said, where I'm done or I'm tired, I'm exhausted, but maybe with a little help, I can get my head back in the game and and continue to work and enjoy dentistry? Yeah, so I think this would, my answer would fit for figuring out anything is you just have to do it. So instead of thinking about something and analyzing and going over and over and back and forth and making lists, right? It's like, just do it. So if you are in practice and it's not working for you, then change your situation either in your practice or change practices, right? Like you want to figure out like, is it the job or is it the career? Mm. 
And so the only way we can ever know that is if, if I'm in an associateship and I want to find out I need to get a new job or I need to get leadership training or I need to talk to my boss, right? Whatever it is, we have to change something. And if that helps, that's how, you know, I think it's such a, I, I'm, I want to, I'm going to, I'm putting this on film now. I want to write a blog post that something along the lines of like, it's a fine line between burnout and hating your career because yeah. I don't know the difference. I really don't. And so it's like, that's the doing, that's where the doing comes in is like, if you can do what it takes to get over your burnout and it works, then it was burnout. But if you do it and it doesn't work, then you probably don't like your career. So what's your advice? I mean, you, you mentioned it back here. Somebody who comes out $500,000 of student loan debt is working as an associate and they start having these, I say feelings like, gosh, my job sucks. I hate this. I can't stand it. Is, I mean, your, what's your advice like right off the bat to those individuals having those thoughts? Well, other than uh, connecting with you guys, <laughs> I like that advice. There you go. That would be number one. <laughs> but really along those lines, it would be about community is do not keep yourself isolated. I've been asked this, a similar question, you know, like, what would you tell your younger self? Things like this is always my answer is community. Get connected with other people. Don't yeah. stay in the closet. Don't keep it a secret. It's only, you know, Brene Brown has my favorite quote of hers is isolation breathes shame mm, and empathy kills shame. So even if you can talk to people, it makes me think of the happy hours that we had in dental school. We would go out to happy hours almost every day after school and life in school to me at least felt easier from a stress standpoint. You know, there's a lot of reasons for that, but it, it part of that was that we could blow off some steam with people who got us, people who who understood what we were going through. So no matter what, as I would say, get connected with other people who get you and then get support. Whatever it is you need help with, there are so many amazing people that can help you achieve your goals and design whatever it is that you want. And doing it alone is sometimes too hard. Yeah, I mean, that, that you know, it makes perfect sense. Even, even I'll say in my, you know, we're business owners. If I'm having a bad day, if I'm like, man, that was a tough day, I'll go into Bill and just chat with him for a little bit. It could be like five minutes. And I just walk out like, all right, it's not that bad. You know, but it's yeah. having community individuals to bounce those things off that can mean so much. Well, and not to mention, we've just come through a really tough yeah. couple of years. And I'll say this all the time. The people who came through COVID, which as of the day this recording is still lingering on, you know, the ones that have survived and have come out stronger are still surviving. The ones that were plugged into a community or and had people to talk to and, and, and bounce ideas off and, and data, data mine and data share, you know, crowdsource ideas. And I think that's exactly right. But a lot of people still kind of want to be that rugged individualist, it seems like, and, and bear all that weight themselves. That, that's, I think you're exactly right. That's an interesting, interesting point. So let's kind of wrap up on, on a couple more, just, just a couple more comments here on. So speaking to, to burnout, these examples, these individuals, what you do with your, your career coaching and also the Facebook group, Dennis Side Gigs, how, how are these resources available? How can people, you know, reach out to you to kind of get, you know, in, in the group or, or reach out to you directly with coaching? How does that look for somebody who's literally thinking or listening to this podcast now is like, 
yeah, I've had these thoughts for the last year and it's driving me bonkers, you know, how, how does that look to reach out to you? Yeah. So um, like you mentioned, I've got my Facebook group called Dentist Side Gigs. And that's a great, I mean, it's a safe, positive community. So I love, and it's not just for dentists. It's for all dental professionals. Yep. Um, Jared, you're in it. Bill, I don't know if I've, we got to get you in that group. Um, I don't know that I'm in it. I need so to. Yeah, we'll Absolutely. get you in. <laughs> um, I'm also on Instagram at Dr. Lola Bees. So that's D R L O L A B E E S. That's two E's in there. If I, if I try to do it too quickly, I add too many E's. Um, <laughs> my other, my website is Lola Bees Career Coaching dot com and i've got a contact page on there so those are probably facebook yeah those are probably the the easiest ways and if you just forget everything just type in google 10 reasons your dentist hates you and it'll bring up lullabies <laughs> and you'll find me i'm gonna go check that blog out yeah, check hey, can it we out. steal that for 10 reasons your accountant hates you <laughs> <laughs> we probably better not do that jared no. Do you want to? Well, let's go viral talk. though. We're, 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 continue, we're actually going to be continued to practice though. So maybe that's probably not the best, but. Well, maybe we could do a guest blog post. We'll talk about There this we go. Later. There we go. No, but Laura, I mean, I appreciate it. You've got an awesome story. I mean, you are extremely passionate about what you do. You're helping individuals. And, you know, Bill, as we started working with Dennis, like laser, laser focused over the past five years or so, we run into this topic all the time. We really do. You know? And a lot of times they kind of, I'll say, get rejuvenated back in their practice and it's fun again, but a lot of, sometimes it's not, you know, but I think the key thing I take away from this episode, Bill, I'd like to hear your key takeaway to a degree is get help, ask, you know, get the community. Like Laura said, surround yourself with individuals that can help you bounce ideas off, share your thoughts with. Um, if you're having those thoughts, guys, reach out to somebody to help. That's what we're all in this together for. Everybody's in this world to help everybody out. Just and reach out and ask. That's solid, Jared. I think, Lord, just the introspection you had to do and the courage it took to just say, you know what, it's not for me and that's okay. And I'm going to move on. And the fact that you found something that was fulfilling to you after that, that to me is a huge takeaway is that, you know, everybody can kind of get locked into the have tos and that 10 year career could have easily turned into a 40 year career. And there's people who do that. So uh, I think it was great to hear the story and, and hopefully it encourages people to have that honest dialogue with themselves. Yeah, living, living proof you can make a transition. So Laura, let's end on this question we ask every time. So if you're to talk to a dentist out there, what advice would you give them to gain momentum in their dental practice? Well, after the community answer that I've just given you, I would say take care of yourself. Amen. Stop putting everybody else first. Love it, but you can still take care of other people when you're taking care of yourself, right? That's the true win-win. Like somewhere along the way, we think that we have to put everyone else before us so that we're helping them win at our own expense. And that isn't really serving other people. So so you're not a, you're a good person still, if you want the other person to win and you want to take care of yourself at the same time. Mm, that is so good. That is so good. Oh. Let's end on that, Laura. We appreciate it. Um, you guys out there listening, like I say all the time, share this. I'm sure someone out there needs to hear this episode that you just heard. Share it with somebody. 
subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating, give us a review. Um, Laura, appreciate you as always. Bill, good podcast episode here, man. I mean, we need more rock stars like Laura on the show, right? Absolutely. All right. Guys, everybody out there, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys soon. (laughs) Take care. (laughs) 